Hello, Breakfast and Body Slams fans. Welcome to, of course, Breakfast and Body Slams. But like I say, across the world, it's breakfast somewhere. And we talk about all kinds of things besides just body slams in the ring. We'll take on issues outside the ring as well when it pops up. But uh, we're going to abbreviate a little bit. Uh, like Airbnb, this is the BNB podcast. And you're listening to Thursday Night Slam. I'm your host, Chio Frost. And right about now, one of my co-hosts that I'm going to bring in the room that you people are quite familiar with, and that is Mr. Dennis Reaper. Dennis! What up, Chio? What's up? Welcome, brother. Thank you for having me. uh, I see you supporting the Phillies hat. I'm always supporting Phillies. Phillies are Ravens all day long. Yeah, I, I I tried to reach out to you and Pat uh, the night before while I was at the uh, Reading Phillies game, and uh, <laughs> oh man, I was so scared they almost lost that. Oh, that's great. Oh man, but we definitely got to get a chance to go uh, to an actual Phillies game together, or you come down and 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 um, come to well, a Reading game. I'm actually might um, be going this Sunday. I will be there at that Sunday game. My dad wants to go, so I'm guess I'm going to the Reading Phillies game. Uh, do you got tickets already? I think he does. I don't. I, I don't know. Double check. Let me know. <laughs> okay. I'll find so I, 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 I might have some extra tickets. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know where Pat is. He disappeared. The Gobbler will be here. That's right, Mr. Frankie Frizzo himself. But. Tonight, we have a very special guest, one of the co-owners of Invictus Pro Wrestling, Mr. Nick Goutman. I hope I said his name right. Otherwise, I might get fired. So let's let's see if we bring him in the room here. Nick, welcome. Can you hear me now? Wait. Uh-oh. I think his mic died. Uh-oh. I'm trying to fix my camera light. I can't I can't hear Nick now. Nick, I don't know what you did the last time, but I cannot hear you now. Oh, that's right. Alright. How about now, Nick? You good? You checking your settings? I Just can't nod yet. Yes or no? <laughs> no, no, no sound. <laughs> oh, Chio, you disappeared. I guess I'm the only one left. All right. Well, I guess I'm just going to stay here, smile, and look pretty for the camera. I have no idea. You're back. All right. I have no idea what what the hell just happened here. I don't know either. I'm just trying to figure up. Nope. There's Nick. Okay. There we go. Yeah. I have a direct connect. I'm connected directly to the internet. So I, I don't know what happened, how I got bumped out there for a second to, uh, but yeah, so I can hear everyone now, right? Well, you, really, yes. you technically did say fire you if you got it wrong. So I'm guessing the internet said F you too. We're firing you now. So yeah. Nick's over there with the, uh, his finger on the button. <laughs> no, nah, but Chio, thank you very much for bringing me on, man. Happy to be here. Oh, uh, no, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, well, let's uh, let's jump into things right here. Uh, apparently, uh, well, many people don't know that. Us three, we actually know each other. Yes. Well, well, not 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 tight knit, but from uh, 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 a camp 
that we all attended together as well. Uh, it, it was a very interesting day. We saw a lot of great talent out there at uh, Camp Crazy, it was called. They're at the Skid Row Academy. It was uh, produced by, uh, I guess, uh, uh, Super Crazy Pro Wrestling and amongst everyone else all coming together. Um, but, uh, Nick, me, me and you worked previously. Before that, uh, you did a tape in there at, at uh, the Skid Row Academy, which uh, – they they booked me in because I, I guess you needed a sound guy for the night. And after that, uh, we stayed in contact and we uh, retouched at uh, at well, I didn't touch in inappropriately though at, at at Camp Crazy. Dennis, I see those faces, but uh, but then after that, we have a really good working relationship and stuff like that. So, uh, Nick, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how you became a part of this wacky world that we know as professional wrestling. Well, Chio, thank you very much for the uh, great introduction. Shout out to uh, Skid Row Academy for helping create so many awesome relationships in wrestling. But my start, um, it was kind of, uh, it was interesting. I was always a fan of, you know, wrestling from the storytelling side of things, from the athletic side of things. You know, there's some crossover for, for, for me there. I'm also a fan of, you know, UFC, MMA. So, I've always appreciated, you know, the larger than life characters, but also like, you know, the pure athleticism of everything. So very classic story, you know, watched caught SmackDown one day as an early age, you know, when it was on TV and I was instantly hooked. Um, you know, I was a big uh, Yu-Gi-Oh comic book guy as well at a certain point in my life. So my first live experience was actually checking it out at a local Comic-Con when I was like, 10 years old or something. They had like the live like wrestling event and like one of the big expos or something. And it was very different seeing it like in person. And I was very, I gravitated towards it. I started going to more shows, you know, but I was really sort of, you know, outside of that sort of bubble of like, you know, the expos and WWE, I didn't follow too, too much indie wrestling outside of, you know, seeing those occasional things pop up. Um, but as I got older, as I became more of a fan, you know, found those resources and found those ways to like, you know, keep up to date on things. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, when I got to college, found a group of friends, we continued to watch. Um, but I think it was, it was interesting. My college is actually what got me like into professional wrestling from the business standpoint, from the, you know, the standpoint of just beyond a fan of like, all right, like I want to be a part of this, um. The head promoter, Alex Aceda, you know, he uh, and I went to the same undergrad. And we had. Was, this, was this at uh, Ithaca College? Yes, it was. Yes, it I was. did my little I did my little research on you. I, I did some background yeah. checking. Well, well, not 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 creepy stuff. But, yeah, I, I see you're very, very educated. Uh, yes. You pretty much uh, you graduated from NYU. Yes, I just be- graduated a couple weeks ago. Yeah, see, see, I, I, Congratulations. I, do my, I, I do my homework. Uh, and, and one thing that, uh, that really impresses me, you know, uh, and you don't see much of it often nowadays, uh, you, you actually get back to the kids because you are a camp counselor. Nice. Yes, right. And yes, I'm still doing homework and you actually know sign language too. I do. I do indeed. Maybe well, I'm getting good at this stuff. You're, you're creating my, creating like my, my uh, dating profile right here as a, you know, yeah. Tinder. Listen, we should just make a wrestling tender, okay? Yeah. But no one ever responds. Just cold, just cold shoulder everybody that messages you. 
Yeah, like like me, I I, I was a lot like uh, you where I didn't know about um, indie wrestling at all. Of course, a lot of us was. Uh, we 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 all grew up probably watching WWE, WCW, whichever the case may be. Uh, and we thought we were. It was only that bubble until yeah. we got a dose of what else is out there. And as soon as you get that first that first taste, you're like, ooh, ah, hold up, it's like a drug, an addiction, you want more because it's different. It's not that same cookie cutter stuff that you grew up watching constantly. No, exactly. It was, it's just, you know, especially in my house, you know, I was not that we didn't enjoy, you know, our action movies and stuff like that here and there, but it just, it wasn't so much the, uh, the main point of the household. You know, we were always watching more like dramas and stuff. My family were big movie buffs. So like, being able to have like that adrenaline rush outlet of like, holy crap, like just, you know, some gritty, hard hitting, like action, you know, like I was, I was very into watching that kind of stuff. So it was natural for me to want to, you know, be towards these bigger guys. I mean, you know, like I remember even back in the day, I loved lifting weights and going to the gym. So like seeing, you know, these huge guys, I was like enthralled in it. I was like, how is this even possible? So it was very, interesting to me and then when you get to see like it more live you're like okay like it's not not all these guys are as big not all these guys are you know necessarily these you know large and life characters but they're still out there living their dream and they're still having a great time and it's still creating such a great atmosphere and you get to see these um you know hometown heroes that's like so cool to also see you know these guys on the come up as they're sort of making their mark and developing things so what i'm looking at is that the era you grew up in was more of like the Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels type, the smaller kind kind of small. They still had big guys, but the smaller uh, guy era, because uh, from what I see, you were born in 96. Yes. And, yes. and as for me, I had my first match in 94. So you wasn't even born yet when I started wrestling. Wow. So me coming up, it was the era of McMahon, like having those big heavyweight guys, and smaller guys were either uh, the cruiserweights that were just starting out, or they were the jobbers. Yeah. But then, as as time uh, as time, well, that was also the same era when Bret Hart was champion and stuff too, like that around that time when mm-hmm. when he uh, started to come in his own as champ, uh, and, and uh, Dennis. What was it like in your house, household too? Like with you growing up too, as well. Like you know, as far as uh, like was you steadily on like WWE and stuff like that, or or did you actually come come across indies? Why before you even broke into it? So I never, like I said, uh, I never really watched wrestling much as a kid until like the middle school age, like sixth, seventh, eighth. And now I was always playing sports. So I never really had time for TV. It was always like go to school, get home, go to athletics, or go to school, go to sports after school because it was a school sport. Um, but one of my neighbors introduced me to WWE. Was uh, when Monday night was on regular TV, and then they go to the premium channel for the second hour of it. Um, mm-hmm. And then I got introduced to WCW um, and went that route. And then. My dad started taking me to shows because he's friends with a gentleman named Chris Monaco, which is friends with a gentleman named The Patriot. And, you know, I'm not going to drop a shoot, Dan. We're just going to say The Patriot. Yeah, we know. Um, we know. 
and uh, he decided that my dad decided to uh, get me taken care of and took me. I got to go to Unforgiven when it was in Philly when they had the twenty four hour seven a hardcore title. Um, they took me to Mania in Toronto, which was The Rock versus uh, Hogan, which was phenomenal. Uh, so that so, was that was so, that was the start. Was right uh, there. So well, basically, you were pretty much just like us. We like we, you know, all you knew was what you saw on TV and nothing independence until later on. Yeah, until yeah. I moved to Florida. Um, like I, I went to an independent show um, at my middle school one time because it was there, and then the other independent show is when, and this is going back years now. Chio, you're going to enjoy this comment. The give, last give me time, one second. Give me yeah. one second. I'm sorry. Well, uh, never mind. I kept seeing Pat jump in and out our green room there. Uh, if he's ready, I'm ready to bring him in too to introduce himself. I'm gonna here bring him in and oh, look at that! What's up, Pat, Mr. Green Screen? Yes, yes, that is me. Uh, this, uh, this is Nick to the left of you. It would be on you. <laughs> What's going on, Nick? What's going on guys? Not much right. just talking oh. old school stuff. Um glad, but, glad to be here. Glad to be here. Ready to talk some uh, some wrestling. Um, wrestling. We yeah, we yeah. we were just getting into we were following it up off of Nick was telling us about how he got involved with wrestling and we were just talking about a little bit how how what what we grew up watching real quick and then we're gonna jump back into uh to Nick. Uh, yeah, you were saying Dennis before so. I went in the as we all know, like I said, where my first, where my company is going to be running at. The last time they had a show in this town was when WWE, at the time, was WWF. We're still allowing their workers to go work independent shows. The last person, big name on the card, was Ric Flair. So this town has not had a show since like two thousand. No, nineteen ninety eight. Because 2002, I moved to Florida, so it was in what I was. I was still like youngin, but like moving to Florida was the best thing ever. Because this is why I went. I when I worked at Universal Studios, when Impact at the time TNA came to Universal to film, that's when I got introduced to it all. That opened my eyes. I was like, "Oh, this is amazing!" And then I started training, and then I moved back up here. You know, I'm, I'm, right. I'm sorry, I'm laughing because Pat with his, his damn green screen. Can you kill your green screen? Sorry, sorry. It ha- happened the last time too. Um, but anyway, uh, Nick, like, like I was trying to introduce Pat earlier. He is actually our, uh, how I would say, our director of fun for Devereaux Sports. He brought me into with them doing the podcast, me and Dennis, and that's how we came up with uh, Breakfast and Body Slam because of Pat. We put our Heads together, and uh, the three of us are the three main hosts of the show. Um, but um, back to you, uh, Nick. Have you laced up the boots? Did you get training, or did you jump right into pr- promoting? No. So basically, the whole thing happened was, you know, I got the random phone call, being like, "Hey, you know, I heard your Zane's buddy from Alex, and you know, him and I connected." in this coffee shop. And, you know, at that point, you know, I had as every, as many young kids dream wanted to become a wrestler. Uh, but you know, naturally I was like, you know, growing up and I hadn't, you know, sought out a school or anything like that, but 
it was very funny that right around this time, my buddy, you know, no one, you know, sort of discovered on, on this, on the circuit, his name's Jax, but he, um, is still training, but he had happened to, you know, still do some, you know, training when, um, the, the pandemic hit, he just owned an old ring and everything. So I got to actually like go in and train a little bit with like his, um, coach and, it was like, you know, I got to experience a little bit of it, but I'd never had done really formal full school training and everything. So it was really more of a promotional side for me, which is um, interesting to say the least. But even from taking the small bumps that I did, I have to say it gave me even more respect for the workers involved and the risks that they put on and everything like that. But naturally for me, um, I was always just from it, like in it from a promotional side, but it still is something that I've naturally gravitated towards. I think I, even if I could redo anything, I don't think I would because I naturally love like creating, um, you know, I love creating videography stuff. I love doing photo design. So like, you know, this to me is so much more of that. If that makes sense. No, it, it, it perfectly does. You found your niche. What, what worked for you to be a part of the business? I give you props for getting in there to take the bumps and stuff. For uh, as a promoter, as we see a lot of promoters, bookers, or whoever, they get involved. They in a, somehow interject themselves into a storyline, whatever. So those bumps in there will help you in case you would have to take on that role of getting bumped around whatsoever. Oh, for sure. And I've and, I, and I've definitely uh, thrown it out there a time or two. There's this guy in our roster, Danger Hawk Dennis Morgan, and he knows that I'm. I'm coming for his ass one day or another that there's going to be a time where him and I meet in that ring, whether, whether I look like a, you know, a fish out of water or not, there's some, something's going to happen there. I planted those seeds. So now it hit, I'm just kidding around him and I always joke around. We're just going to have like the stiffest in ring match of all time. But yeah, I mean, I would love, I would love to one day do something like that, whether it's um, going in there for an angle, potentially maybe doing some, you know, heel manager work. You never know. Never know. Uh, oh, look at that on the screen. We got ring announcer Ryan Peterson chiming in. What's up, guys? How you doing, Ryan? Okay, who got their phone on? I'm guessing it's Pat. Yeah, cut that right, right, away. Uh, cut it right away. Put it on silent, brother. Put it on silent. So, Pat, when are you going to uh, do your promoter side and jump in on the podcast when uh, – uh, you try to tell me and Dennis what to do, and we have to put you through the table in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Look, listen, 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 listen. Pat um, already knows what happens if me and him go at it. You know, I'm up three to his one. I beat him wait, for wait. the title. Wait a minute. We, we were in a ring with somebody who was, has no idea or who you know what, right? Okay. He was a backyard. Matter of fact, he answered that show. He paid to see me defend my tag titles at ACPW. Has no business being in the ring, okay? Why would you, as a worker, the next the next minute pay at intermission? I pretty much put my gear on. The next, uh, uh, was it after intermission at ACPW? I arrived there, and I, there he is sitting in the front row paying to watch me work. I'm like, hey, listen, I've gone to indie shows and paid to see it. Just because I did it because of the fact that it was paying to the boys. Like, I know that's payday for them. But uh, but I do agree. I'm not gonna not like me and you did the entire match. The other dude didn't deserve to be in our match at I all. Dude, I, I don't even know his name. Okay, I, that's all right. That that's where it goes. I mean, where you forget the guy's name? Look, I'm pretty much know you guys' faces. But listen, um, 
I, I see you guys were all talking about how you guys fell in love with the business. Um, but listen, for me, um, I, I fell in love with the business. Obviously, the Hogan, Undertaker, and all those guys growing up. And then um, I made a phone call to Captain Lou Al. Uh, my actually, my boss I was working for at the time, my actual boss. He said, "Hey, listen, um, Captain Lou Bano has a school, wrestling school nearby. I know you're big into it." I called Garrus Hall. I called Captain Lou. He said, "Listen, I'm down the shore, but he said, listen, let me connect you to King Kong Bundy." Um, and Chris gave me the phone call. Um, I was not expecting that, and I was just like, "Wow!" So Chris is like, "Hey, listen, we do shows, uh, school Tuesdays and Thursdays. Come on down." And uh, I first met Johnny Greco. Um, he was my trainer at the time. Him, um, Vinny the Fixer was down there. Uh, Chris Steele. Uh, so yeah, they had a great handful of students, and uh, you know, and it was ever since then it was magic. So, where did the Frankie Frizzo name? I do that was just something just rolled the top of my head. Like I couldn't think of something fast enough. It just, uh, boom, Frankie Frizzo. So, uh, funny story with Bundy. Bundy goes, "All right, kid, let me see what you got." He's like, "Let do a couple bumps." So I do a couple bumps. He's like, "Do a front bump." Do a front bump. He's like, "All right, let's see a flip bump." I run the ropes, do a flip bump, my pants come down. He's like, "Wow," I was like. I was like, oops, my fault. Well, uh, well, but no, well we but all I'll, have these fun, f- funny stories, especially when it comes to training. One, one thing about Bundy I'll never forget. It was, um, it was he was out for a show. Uh, he wasn't there. And a bunch of students decided to run the show, decided to run the can, which is a major no-no, especially having only a year or two in. Um, somebody was, I'll, I'll put it this way, somebody in the back was trying to call the shots, tell us what to do, yada, yada, yada. The next two that Tuesday came in, Bundy sat us all down, wanted to know who who decided to run the show, and he said, "Listen, I ain't gonna put you guys in the ring no more." He's like, "I'm giving you till September to start looking like wrestlers," and that touched my heart. I, did I get mad about? It? No, it touched my heart. So, Sam get mad like I went from 230 pounds to a buck 85. All I did was run, sit ups, push ups, uh, hit the weights, hit the gym, and that's all I did. Like. Bundy was like, you know, I went to show Bundy. So when I came in with a, a fresh pair of tights uh, and, and, and a body, Bundy was blown away. So, uh, and in my, you know, when I got back. Because you got to put the work in. Yeah, put the work in. And here he is. His first his first match was An- Angel Gonzalez versus me. Uh, oh, so, my God. That's the name I heard in a while. Yes, yes. Uh, so, of course, me and Angel Gonzalez, we go, uh, we go back some. So. Uh, but yeah, the rest is history. And then, you know, obviously Doc Diamond took over. And then uh, I pursued, kept in my career with ACPW majority of the time. You know, actually, uh, those guys got me bookings here and there. But like majority of the time was with AC. We, that was more of a, to me, the more of a family locker room. And those guys were like, I won't say if you weren't the click, but I mean, if you were, didn't act like a superstar, you didn't act like you're better than one, you had a pretty good shot to survive. And, because they will tell you from the door, if you act like a survivor, a superstar, get out of here. If you think you're better than anybody, hit the door, Jack, or the, well, or you'll find out the hard way. So the, the, the one thing what going off of that, what you're saying is uh, what I always tell everyone, especially these young kids, is to uh, be humble. Always stay humble. No, 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 no matter what. You can't get a big head and no, always make no. sure always make sure to pay it forward to somebody else. Because they're starting out just like you. When you didn't have a chance or this not there was other guys to help you out. You need to help them out. So, so I have a, I, I'm, right, I'm going to start the questions. I got, a, I got a question right away for Nick. Pat yeah. brought up a really good thing. So 
Nick, I don't, I don't, I don't, I really don't know too much about the promotion you run. Um, I only really, I, I see it because I have friends that work for you guys. For sure. Um, and I have nothing but good things to say about it. Um, so for the young kids or the guys that are watching this, and I know that are wrestlers and want to expand to other promotions. Mm-hmm. What would be, say, three key things that you guys, in a, as a promotion, would be looking for instead of you know the normal? Hey, I'm this guy. I've worked on this promotion. I've done TV for here. Can That's we that big head stuff? What would you guys hold want? On, hey, uh, Dennis, can we hold on to that question real quick? I want to get to. No, it's a great question, but I want to jump back to that though. But I, I want to get to Nick how how Invictus came about in the first place. Oh, well, for, for sure. Uh, so Invictus, as much as you know, I am a part of it. That is Alex Asnita's brainchild. You know, that is his promotion through and through. He's the one who brought me in. Uh, without Alex, there is no Invictus. Bottom line, you know, no matter how. You know, much I get involved, and there's another person named Ryan who's involved as well. You know, I, you know, would 100% go without saying that uh, Invictus, the, down to the name, the meaning, and everything was 100% Alex, Alex's set. Well, then we should actually have Alex on here with you, you in here. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, but he's, you know, was the guy who really was inspired by, you know, it's Latin, it means unconquered. And uh, for us, it's very ironic because we. Started the we started the promotion in March of 2020, and that's kind of an interesting time in the world of what happened in March 2020. So by the time it came around to our first show in September, it was a lot of time, and we'd faced a lot of adversity. So the whole idea of the phrase "unconquered" kind of took on its own meaning for us. Of like, you know, we went into this with so many things we had to overcome. And yet, like, it still didn't stop us from doing what we set out to do. And that's start this promotion, get it off the ground, and start doing shows. And we knew that unless we started doing this, Invictus was just going to be a a concept. You know, we couldn't just continue to wait around. We said in March, eh, you know, it's they say in eight weeks it'll be all done, you know, whatever. And then eight weeks turned into 12 weeks, turned into 16 weeks, turned into 20 weeks, and blah, blah, blah. So after a while, we just were restless. We were frustrated. You know, we needed we needed something to look forward to more than anything. You know, this pandemic, for a lot of us, it just created a lot of hardship and created a lot of um, not many things to look forward to on a day-to-day basis. And I still tell people this, that like this promotion got me through the pandemic. It kept my brain busy. It kept me wanting to focus on something despite all the other stuff going on in the world. So, yeah, uh, you ain't you are not the only one. There's a lot of promoters and promotions out there who went through the exact same thing. They start looking to do uh, studio shows with no fans whatsoever, just tapings, putting them out there. Uh, talent when they're not getting booked on shows or traveling, uh, a lot of I'm gonna say a lot of them sat on their asses and got fat or whatever. But the ones who are serious actually. Hit, hit, actually went and hit the gym and got and got new gear and this and that. Uh, uh, as far as other guys, let's say like uh, me and Dennis, we actually invested into our own production stuff to make yep. it better. So when time does come back, we can jump in 
uh, head first instead of trying to uh, uh, put our feet in the water and test it. No, they uh, promoters want uh, refined, really good product. So you're going to get what you pay for. Now yep. I'm going to go. I'm 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 going to speak for myself. I can't speak for Dennis, but uh, me, I tell like when everyone tries to book me, I say, look, I'm not. I'm not expensive at all, but I am uh, I'm affordable and I'm reliable. I'm always there on, on time. Uh, I always try to make sure I have everybody's music uh, at least maybe a week ahead of time or whatever. I try to have I try to have a lineup before I get to the show. So that way, if there's any changes, I can just do a quick, quick change if I have to. Uh, it, just little stuff like that helps you guys out. That way you ain't running around with your head cut off, uh, especially with talent trying to get me music. Um, so if I have the music already and that that that's great. And then I might have to change one or two here and there or add add a couple. But other than that, everything's set. Everything's ready to go. And it's go time for everybody. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I mean, the first thing of what you said, you know, about how, like, you know, you um take the time and, you know, invest in certain ways in the presentation of everything, you know, and, you know, making things up to a certain standard. And that goes back to Dennis, a lot of what you said in terms of like what you look for, about what we look for, you know, in talent beyond just the, the typical stuff of like, hi, I'm so-and-so and I, here's my resume and here's my reference, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I personally look for people who don't just want to like, who don't just rely on their skills in the ring and more so are always thinking of ways to continue to evolve despite their circumstances. Like the people who were continuing to put out content and figure things out despite the pandemic, uh, people, you know, guys like Zicky Dice come to mind who, you know, were kind of feeling stagnant for a little while and then started investing in themselves a little bit more coming out with these crazy online. I mean, listen, obviously, you know, that comes down to a financial situation, blah, 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 and all these other things. But Doing stuff like that to make yourself stand out is a huge thing for me. You know, ways to, you know, there's a perfect guy I'd love to uh, shout out right now, Philip Cardigan. His videos online right now, he's from um, Creative. His videos online right now are top notch and they're funny. They they get you to pay attention to him. And he's someone who maybe is not, you know, the most loud guy. He's maybe not going to everyone saying, everyone look at me, but those videos are his way of standing out and they're getting my attention, you know, and he's mm -hmm. someone who I'm like, wow, like I find what you're doing very entertaining. No, that's, dude, that's a, like, I have my own promotion right now, um, but it's on hold because of COVID. Like the venues don't want to pull the triggers for me and my own, where I, where I want to run my shows. And what what you're saying is exactly the same feeling as I have. I know, you know, Pat and Chew can agree on that one. Like, we all look for guys that are thinking outside the box. Like, COVID killed me. Like, it took my whole career and put it on hold again like I was just injured. Um, but I've invested in myself in seminars online and, you know, like Chio said, he we I invested in my own production equipment so I can live stream events and film stuff. And it was rocky at first, but now I've got it to it down to a T and a science where I'm literally reaching out to companies that are I buy the the equipment from, and they're literally I have a meeting on Saturday at 9 a.m. Um, 
they'll hook up more equipment to it so we can do live broadcasting with commentators on an event instead of it doing post-production sound we're going to do live well what you're saying the thing that i like the most of what you said is you're paying it you know the, the one gentleman you can see everything he's doing online and he's got your attention yeah, and that's the, and that's the problem with some kids these days. They don't want to, you know, step out of that comfort zone. I, I I keep hearing a lot of feedback. I don't know who that is. I got a lot of like some of the background. Not me. I hear dogs and stuff or something. Yeah, the only thing is probably happens my daughter sitting there playing with toys. It's only kids. Let it go. It's his kids. It's, we all it, got kids. I'm not. If it's his kids, I'm not surprised. Right. It's just a bunch of little frizzos <laughs> running around. You know what I mean? But no, like in reality, like the like the guys that I've I have I've reached out. Wrestle Pro and 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 Creator Pro, without a doubt, have some of the most under underrated talented guys on the rosters. Period. Um, and I've brought in a lot of them because of Keiko, with the, um, that used to run work rate up here, now living down in Florida. I I met them through there. Like I don't I'm not booking them because they can wrestle. I booked them because of what they were doing online and what they've done. You know. And that's the difference. That that's what's going to set the bar. Like here, here you are. I want to be a professional wrestler, and then I want to pretend to be a professional wrestler. And that's how I always look at when I want. I say when I look for what's I want to be a professional wrestler. It's what's your gear look like? What are you bringing to the table? Am I seeing you promote shows daily or weekly on your Facebook, your Twitter, your Instagram, your Snapchat, your TikTok, Mm -hmm. whatever you got to do? You do more than that, right? You know me. You, you're you got to be putting in the work, like you said. I mean, are you getting yourself in shape? Are you do you want to look like a wrestler? Or you want to be a wrestler? I mean, are you in the ring training? Or are you in the outside of the ring BSing with your friends? You should be all the time in the in in the ring all the time because I know a few cats. Like I would see them on the outside, you know, BSing or go outside for a smoke and cigarette. No, I was in that ring for from seven p.m. to nine p.m. in there bumping, bumping, teaching. You know. Because, you know, I don't care how many years you got in this business. It's never too old to learn. And don't always look down on somebody. It's always look at, you know, lift somebody up if you can, unless they deserve to get knocked down. But, you know, uh, that's the only way I've I always learned in this business is to um, always learn from somebody. I don't care how many years they have in there. You can always learn. It doesn't hurt. You know, if they got something, you know, what's going to get them to, you know, what, what, what brings them to the dance? Um, you know, it might work for you. It might not work for you. Uh, but it's sure. always good to listen to somebody. Um, believe it or not, like uh, AJ Styles, I'm not AJ Styles, I'm sorry, the great, late, great New Jack sat us all down. And, and, thanks, Mark. Uh, and, and sat us all down and to learn um, psychology. And, he, and I picked his brain about psychology. I was just like, wow. Um, and here I am thinking all this dude only knew was hardcore wrestling. But no, you listen yeah. to him talk. And, you know, and he took care of me. I mean, he, he, he sat me down. He had a couple of conversations with me. I was like, and I, to, to this day, I can't have nothing wrong saying about the man because I've seen this guy, you know, back there with us, all psychology mind, how, how to work a heel, how to work a face. I mean, the dude was brilliant, brilliant as he could be. Um, you know, like I said, him, Bundy, I mean, you get around those old school cats that, you know, you know, everybody wants to come out here and just wants to put on uh, kick pads, leather shorts, uh, 4,000 moves not understanding the moves. They just want to copy what they see on TV. They don't know how to work a crowd as a face. And, you know, they, the, the story in the match doesn't make sense because all they want to do is what they see on the TV. But they don't have what it takes in heart to get there. They think they're just going to get there just to get there. 
I mean, I mean, like I said, I've been through. I'm pretty sure we all have been through drills, been through the tough times, uh, paying your dues. I mean, a lot of cats nowadays just don't want to pay dues. I know a lot of cats who got away with uh, just because they, they, they could bring a because they, I guess they bring a good crowd. They could just get straps. They weren't even fully trained. I I know a that lot person. of them. Uh, a lot of them are ticket selling wrestlers. You know, they you got their family selling. and friends coming in. And and there's a lot of like old school promoters or whoever like, hey, uh, this guy, this kid's going over at night, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he's so distant. I'm like, uh, really? Uh, are you serious? Mm -hmm. And then uh, and then like if you put him like in the first half of the show, family and friends leave. They're not there for the yes. whole damn show. Yes, I hate yes. that. Yeah. But like, all saving, still saving for the minute. Hey, listen, I, I, I not to tell you all, I just remember them, and not just bring them, but I remember bringing out um, the, the ACPW brought brought in a uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Bruce Beefcake, and they want them to obviously work main so everyone else can be seen because once they leave, you know, okay, but no, Greg the Hammer Valentine came up to me and Kwame said, uh, "You guys work the main. You guys are working for the belt." Have you guys were like, no, no, like, no. He's like, listen, dude, we just want to get paid and get out of here. But, yep. yeah. Okay, well then, I just killed I mean? your show right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, regardless, and, I, and, there's, like and there's, 30. there's, there's so much talent out there, and and and, and a lot of times they take a, a back seat to a lot of these, uh, like I said, the ticket sellers and whatever else yeah. or, or whoever's doing uh, um, uh, favors for the promoter. But I say one thing for sure, uh, with Invictus, th they have a nice talent roster from the from from the from the beginning of the show to the end. Uh, Nick, I don't want to sit here and ask you to name everybody off, you know, on, on your roster. Uh, we actually have uh, your highlight footage from the last show. So if fans want to sit back and check this out, we're gonna check that out. And we'll come back and we'll discuss some of that then. Sounds good. All right. All right. Welcome to Invictus Parole
Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pro Wrestling. We're out of here. We'll see you later. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a, that was a quick show. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was fantastic. I mean, you know, even still thinking about that joke, like gives me goosebumps because it was like our biggest crowd since uh, you know the pandemic. It was our first, you know, like I think real, like you know, we've had we've had good crowds at every show, but. This, that's true, to say the least. Um, I got a lot of feedback. I, I can't. I can hardly hear you, Nick. Sorry about that. No, no, it's not. I, oh. No, I think it's Pat. I think I, I, Pat. If you have to, Pat. Well, he's taking care of it. He's. The- <laughs> no, I was gonna say if you have to mute his mic, he can mute his mic from time to time. I, sorry about that, gentlemen. And then uh, just turn no, it off. It's family life. I'm used to that. I know. If your wife would pop on, I could say hi to her finally without, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying. I haven't seen her in hey, years. Hey. Well, but, uh, that, that, he can say hi to her when you're not around, right? Well, no, wait a minute now. <laughs> I did not do <laughs> What kind of angle are you coming up with now? <laughs> Listen, hey, that, hey, that angle's been done plenty of times. I'm not, in I'm not I involved. The, I thought the Jerry Springer angle was over years ago. Not involved. Not no, it. Not never it. end. But look, oh, okay. from that video, there's so much talent on that roster. You know, but besides the Jason Andrews, which without a doubt is such a young kid and listens. For a young kid to listen, I've teamed with the kid. I've worked against the kid. Um, he always asks his questions to any vet. Like, that's one kid. I don't, if there's another promoter listening, without a doubt, that's somebody you want to talk to. Crawford, love of God. That kid uh, can go. He's ridiculous. Don't get me started. I, 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 I had a conversation re- re- recently with uh, TJ, and I'm like, you know what? I, like, for the short time that I known you and I got to see some of your other stuff online, I, I said, kid, I am a TJ Crawford fan. He's like, thank yes. you. I said, you remind me. Uh, another version of Davy Richards, who's a version of who, yes, yes. who is a version of Benoit and Dynamite. And when well, I asked him a question, do you know who? Uh, um, oh man, the name just—I got the guy's name in my head, and I, uh, and, and it won't come out. Um, but whatever, he's in that realm. A group of guys that that look and perform like that. Uh, and and like he, he, he's on fire. I say give him about uh I'm gonna say Look, five years. Five years. No, I, I don't even I give think, him that. I don't even give him that. Two. I'm gonna I'm with two? you on the two, two? with two. the two. So look, the whole Crawford story with me and him is um the I like I said, I run my own promotion called Defcon Pro Wrestling and during COVID I decided to start tapings. And the Brick City boys were like, Hey, I have two guys that'd be willing to come up. One's a ref, one's a worker. If you need them, like, absolutely, I had people back out. TJ, that was the guy that came. And I was, like, mind-boggled by the amount of talent. talent. And the fact that, like, when I book my shows and stuff, I have a full script kind of a deal, like, all that good stuff. And he was like, whatever you need, dude, I'm down. Like, all right, cool. Listen, you're the main event, one of my episodes. You filled in, you're the main event, and you're over. That's that. You do me a solid, and I'm going to do you a solid. Um, he's, he's yeah, like that kid can, like that kid, like, and you can put him in the ring with anybody. 
I think, in the wrestling business. And we they were, will have a phenomenal match. We were joking around in our chat the other day because, like, we were, like, we were, like, you know, we're naturally planning future stuff. And someone was like, PJ Crawford could wrestle a brown paper bag and it would literally be, like, a five-star match. Yeah. He's, just, he's just that. He's that good. Um, I, I've never been so happy. I mean, very similar situation. We had, unfortunately, uh, AJ Gray. Um, I think a lot of our last show is right after the collective in Tampa. Body was just beaten up and everything stuff had to happen. And TJ stepped in. And I say him and Ken Broadway put on, like, a barn burner of a match. Like, it was incredible. Um, huge, huge. I mean, I was already a TJ Crawford guy, especially after, you know, he was a pleasure to work with. Um, he will 100% be back at Invictus without question. Um, yeah. Very big on that guy. Oh, I, I like I, I can't wait for shows to come. Like, like I can't wait for more PA shows. Like, I keep pitching TJ to ACPW um, out of media where I train guys at. I keep pitching him to um, the go one on one with um, King Blackie, who is the U.S. champ. I think if those two go at it, they're both agile wrestlers and quick and on the go. They'll kill it. I can't like I, I honestly. If I could get another promotion or two together to book one big super show like out in the Philly area, like not Philly itself because it's been overdone, I would say whatever we got to do to get Davey Richards versus him. Oh, that's on the list. I mean, that was also on his list, but, you know, I mean, some of the guys that come to mind, like, you know, I would love to see him in case Austin tear it up. Yes. I would love to, I mean, you know, like these kind of like, you know, hybrid styles of just hard hitting, but also like very fast pace. He blends so well with those types of guys. Uh, and I see that Charles commented in there. Goes in WWE, my boy Drew Gulak. What do you guys think of him? Great. I would love to see Drew versus Crawford if Crawford ever gets a shot to go to WWE. No, he's like he also has all of the quality. Who said that? A very unique look as well. You know, it's very simple, but like I don't know why. Like it's. You know, it, it, it stands out. Um, Pat Charles said that. Oh, okay. Oh, my man CJ. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Me and him, right. me and him go, me and him go back with Gulak like, before he was a worker. Like we go back, um, like I said, his high school days. So me and Ooh. him were very close. Um, like I said, me and his, me and his brother, actually, you can watch it on YouTube. Actually, tore down the house on YouTube. It's uh, one of my best matches. I. Cold the whole match from start to finish, one of the best things I've ever done. Um, but yeah, it got over like a thousand views, uh, big hit. Um, but yeah, I, I called the whole thing. It's a shame because the way the match ended, you would think there was going to be a part two, and it was never a part two. <laughs> but yeah, needless, needless to say that the, the kid could work and the, the Gulick family could work. Um, so I, I've been in the ring with those guys, those CZW guys, man. They, they're more than just. Uh, we, we would take as a fluorescent light balls like guys from DJ Hyde on down. Those cats can work. Um, Sabian or Black Jeezy, you want to call him now. Uh, probably the I call him the godfather of independent wrestling because it, it, he might be one of the he might be like five foot three, but my god, he's the most respected guy in that locker room. He, oh, you know, any locker room. yes, yeah, oh, 100%. 100%. I would, he was at when I did a I went to Super Crazy to do. We were supposed to do a uh, kind of like work at the camera seminar deal um, that I was going to do for their guys, but things took a while at one of our Devro Sports Breakfast and Body Slams. I didn't get there when I thought we were supposed to do it. 
and Jeez was there. And like, I haven't seen Jeez since we did super crazy shows. And I walked over. He's like, I went over. There's like, hi, how you doing? He's like, dude, you don't need to do that. You can give me a high five and a hug. You know, I hadn't known you long mm-hmm. enough. But it's not that. It's, see, I'm gonna shake your hand. Like, I don't mm-hmm. need your hug. I, I respect you more than that. No, but you could, I could talk to him about any. Well, I am too. But like, I don't know him as well as I know right. like you guys. Like that would right. be different. Yeah. But like, now, now I, know he, I can sit with him and talk anything wrestling and now yeah. I do it better. Now he brought up G's. Is G's on Invictus's radar? No, for sure. There's a number of people I was going to say that are on Invictus's radar that we are uh, sort of slowly lining up. You know, we we say about all this like you know stuff like the you know, super crazy, you know, camp that we all went to kind of thing. It's stuff like that to me that I love about wrestling. Like when, even when you think that you found like really good talent, like there's so many more, there's so many more outlets and people out there. You know what I mean? That, uh, that are still out there. I mean, for example, this person came to mind earlier, you know, I want to shout out this person as well. Um, yo, cuz big, big Rocco. Big oh, Rock. big Rocco. Yes. Rock. Good, good. Good. He listens. He listens when 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 you tell him something. He's a little bit hesitant at first, but you gotta drill it in his head. Yeah. And then and then he'll he'll get the concept and he'll listen. And and from from the time I saw him uh, morphing into what he is now, from what he started, mm-hmm. I'm very highly impressed. There's a yes. lot of town out there to who I seen step up their game from when they started another one guy who um nobody sees him quite often because he doesn't work a lot of places is aaron roxas from when he started to what he is now he's investing in himself he's still green but at the same time he's putting in the work he trimmed down uh he, he trimmed down bulking up a little bit he got new gear and stuff like that and he's putting in the work and he does what the promoter asked for, and he and he just one of those guys that 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 I will you know give my stamp of approval approval of. Another one uh, is uh, Dylan Mesh. Uh, I believe he trains over with a uh, world famous uh, uh, cheeseburger at the um, was it the World Dojo, the Worldwide Dojo, I believe. And cheeseburger, he has a whole bunch of guys that train over there that that. You know that any promotion would be uh, happy to have work for him. So, uh, hey, right there, just a couple suggestions if you ever look to expand your horizon of bringing in new faces. Absolutely. Hey, our our DMs, our emails are always open. We are always checking, and you know we're always looking to give people opportunity. You know, we are a brand. I mean, we have not even been around for a year. Our promotion. And we know what it's like to be the new kids on the block and maybe not be given the easiest first go around, you know, having to kind of figure out our own way. We want to be able to not only provide opportunity for talent, but also provide opportunities for promoters to collaborate together, for promotions to work together. We want to not just make this uh, Invictus is going to make money and that's it kind of mentality. We're a, in it to make wrestling better and to put talent. That's what I go. Where to go? Chance to like you know to yeah. showcase their smart, skills. smart. I mean now uh, now as a promoter, 
one thing, uh, especially being new, you guys got to watch out for, uh, well, you always want to bring in your talent, great talent. Uh, but you got to look for talent that is not just there to just get a quick booking and a payday. Uh, you want them to help the promotion grow. Yes. If, if they're not there to help better the promotion, if they're only looking out for themselves and and they're not looking out for their opponent to help their opponent shine as well, and they're only trying to get their shit in and get over and get paid and get out and just like, okay, when are you going to book me again so I can come back, collect another payday, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's the guys I'm not going to say you have to look out, look out for, but, you know, uh, that's pretty much the typical thing in, in wrestling. Guys want to get booked. Guys want to get paid. But you got to look for the ones who's going to invest back in your company to help you grow. Because once you guys grow and you guys start getting a bigger crowd, you guys start getting deals, let's say, on TV and this and that or whatever, and you guys start making money, then they can start making money then yep. too. So well, that's why, yeah. that's yeah. why yeah. at the seminar for Super Crazy, I already kept asking the same questions over and over and over and over. Like the, some promoters weren't sticking with like listening. Hey, that question was asked three seconds ago. That's why I jumped in when um, abs was in the ring. And I was like, look, if I would book you, how many times are you going to promote the show on your Facebook? Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear you say, oh, well, you know, no, no, no. It's not that. If you're going to, if I'm investing into you, how much are you investing into me? Because if you say, hey, I want $60 payday, okay? I've looked at your matches. You're a good worker. I believe you actually are worth the 60 bucks. But what am I getting for that $60? Am I getting $60 just for the match? Or am I getting $60 for a PR person? Because I'm a PR person. Like, when I tell promoters, look, this is my fee. I work so anywhere within a two-hour range is $100. I've been doing it for 13 years. I think $100 is reasonable. But with that $100... I, per, I share the flyer daily. I cut promos without you even having to ask me. Exactly. And, if, and if I don't, and if I do ask you, it's like, hey, I know the show's two months down the road. Um, anything specific you want me to kind of put out there besides the date, the location, things like that? Like any key things you want me to throw out there? Because no one knows who I'm working. But do you want me to tease a certain a couple of guys? They give like, oh, is he facing the heavyweight champ or is he facing a tag team? Like I want your input. Because I need to invest into you guys because you're investing into me to come down there. That's the problem with a lot of wrestling schools these days. And no one wants to teach the business side of professional wrestling. A and lot of places a, just want to in-ring shit. That's a good thing you brought up. You mentioned wrestling schools. Now, Nick, does Invictus, do you have a wrestling school yourself? So not a wrestling school under exclusively the Invictus banner. However... We have a very close relationship with uh, Tune Through the Academy in um, Connecticut. So, you know, that's run under, you know, Bubba. Tommy is heavily involved, stuff like that. You know, uh, Tommy Dreamer was very fortunate enough to, like, you know, let us use his ring for a very long time when he, you know, was um, running hardcore and everything when they weren't using it. Um, so we've always had a very good relationship with Team 3D Academy. It's where a lot of our kind of core group came from. Names I love to mention, these are guys that I would recommend to literally any and every promoter, not just in terms of like these guys are incredible in the ring, but like they care about their work. They are 
passionate guys who are trying to add more character <laughs> every single day. Mucho Chris Moljo, uh, he's the guy who won the ladder match. He's just the biggest tool heel. I was going to mention him because uh, for the two times that I got to see him, which was at the first taping and then at the last event, he, you know, just, just those two times, his he actually started to grow on me. Yeah. You know, he did, literally. And he's very, besides uh, from his gimmick being there in the ring-wise, um, very professional guy, very re- oh, yeah. respectful and 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 that goes a long way with me. I'm like, oh. if, if a talent is respectful and they ask, I'm like, I'm not gonna say you have to ask questions, but if you do come up to me and you ask questions, this that, you know, I'm like, I might look out for you and recommend you to other companies as well. So like, I look at that. I'm like, if you're a talent that's gonna come and rub me the wrong way, and you're gonna be a snob and think your shit don't stink, and and you're gonna come and think. Oh, he's just a sound guy. What does he know? Uh, my brother, I've been doing this since 94. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people. Yeah. Trust me. So, so, so I'm not just a sound guy. <laughs> so, and that's one mistake that a lot of guys think, though, when they see me. Right. And, and not just that. Like you said, there's a bunch of uh, the greens who walk into this business. Who, like you said, who, have, who think they get their heads above water. Who think they can walk on water. They just look at you as an old veteran. Well, you don't, you've never been anywhere. Like I said, like I always tell you, it's like, listen, I got in that phone call, like, believe it or not. Like I had that TNA, you know, I had the TNA phone call and the WA. Now, granted, did Chris have something to do with it, helping me get there? Yeah, of course. But I mean, I had to put the work in it to do it. Um, this yep. is actually, this is what, 2010 or 2011. I was on, yeah, 2011. I was on my honeymoon and the WA made that phone call and I'm like, they want me, like, they wanted you, or they wanted me, rather, to go out to Los Angeles and live out there for, like, six months. However, I was like, because I was, like, one of the first person people they called. I was like, yeah, right, this ain't going to happen. No, that my phone rang. Hearing him on my honeymoon, I'm like, oh, Jesus. And they're like, uh, yeah, like, you got to make a decision. And it was, like, the hardest no that ever hit my life because I'm literally in Punta Cana saying no. But, like, uh like stuff like that happens, and, and same thing with the TNA and with TNA, uh, with Robin. Matter of fact, with my man Robbie E, like it was going to be me and him for that gimmick. Um, and I again said no to because I am married, and then that's obviously this one of my buy switched over to get into sports and all this podcast and stuff. So, but I see what you mean though, Nick. Like you know, when you say about collaborating with other shows. I'm telling you, it's the best thing that never look down on it. Always trying to work with somebody. If someone looks down on you, I'm telling you, let them look down because you'll pass by them. I'm telling you, it's guys who think mm-hmm. they always look down on you, think that they're better than you. Matter of fact, there's a wrestling podcast now who think they're better than me. And I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm skyrocketing. And they're, still, they're still talking about 1970 wrestling. Like, bro, it's not happening. I'm like, I try to school these cats. Uh, but anyway, uh, I didn't want to get off track there. But like, I understand where you're coming from trying well, to work. Well, it, it's Pat, it's quite all right. As we said many a times on our other shows, we do get off track one, one, once in a yeah. while, and yeah. uh, we do always rein it back in. It's more like right. a freestyle po- uh, podcast. Right, right. So, and, and, so it can go in any direction, but we bring it back. Right. So, I mean, like I said, you, you bring in these, you know, your, your talent scouting to look for new teams. 
nothing wrong, you know what I mean? It's insane, like, uh, me with this podcast business, like, I'm always looking out for new voices who want to get behind it, who's hungry. Show me what you bring. I mean, it's the same kind of thing. Uh, like I said, I was a young guy wanted to get in that square circle. Um, I did whatever I had to go to get my name out there, sending out tapes. Uh, believe it or not, um, me and Austin Aries used to work at the same Bally's Fitness together. Um, so... With that being said, like I asked him, how did you get it? He said the same thing: get your tapes out there, get yourself in shape, uh, get your look going. Same thing. Like these, I was around with guys who, and you know, I met Chio back in '06, and uh, I mean, he took care of me. I mean, I was just a green horn. Usually, when you're you're in your first or second year, and you're going to get your, you know, beat up. But listen, I listened to the guy. I did everything he asked me to do. And he took care of me. You know, usually it's a chop fest on, the, on a green horn. But, uh, no, I, I listened to everything that man told me. And, and then years later, I ran into Dennis. And, uh, you know, we have had, you know, phenomenal rivalries up at SWO and Triple WA. Uh, it like, never ended. Uh, the, the, uh, I forgot who the booker was, but he said, listen, you guys really played into each other. I want to book you guys like every month. Um, listen, that's part well, of the Who's the tall guy? Paul. Booker. Well, Paul and Dino Center are the booker for WWA, but the one that gave put us together against each other was Shatter from SWL, yeah. and but that yeah, was it. That was the end. That was the that, that was, was the long, never-ending story of yeah. me, me, and Mike Gold Tice. I, I don't want, I don't want to put that in your memory again. But me, Mike Gold Tice, and and uh, yeah, you and I lay, you know, laying into one another. But you know, that's part of the business, though. You know, you you gotta make this believable. I mean. I was as I was getting trained with Vinny Victor. He's like, listen, I can't sell it. If I, you know, how am I going to sell it if I can't feel it? No. So, I mean, if there's any guys listening to the show right now, good looking to get in the business, man. And take, you know, go in there, you know, prove to him why you should be in this business. Go out there and prove to yourself. You know, ask, you know, follow Nick. Um, you know, let him guide you in the right directions and all that stuff. Like that's why I tell any guys, like, because I'm listening to Nick talking. He's got his right head on the shoulder, even though he's been on yeah. for a year. Um, I, I listen. I know plenty of dirty promoters who do charity events, and you guess where that money goes to the pocket. Yeah. You know, what I mean, it doesn't go to no charity. It goes for the, you know what bills they need to get paid that week. Um, I mean, I've been around some dirty promoters, and Nick, you sound like a dude with a head on his shoulders and in the right direction. So, uh, more power to you, my man. Um, like, so, like, yeah. like, like I mentioned, anyone who's very re- respectful and they, and they and uh, and they open their ears to listen to new ideas or even just a minor tweak if something's going on. Hey, why don't you try this instead? Nick is one of those guys. I I, I seen yeah. that in him yeah. and I like that. So um, yeah, and uh, and you guys have as uh, you see below. Uh, you got the big show coming up. Not big show to wrestler, but you got uh, oh, right, right. Empire be- Rising, June 26th at the American Legion Post, uh, 310 at 100 Liberty Street in Little Ferry, New Jersey. Uh, and from what, I'm, from, from what I'm getting, ringside is already sold out. Oh, yeah. Ringside is sold out. GA are flying off the shelves. I mean, this is going to be right up there with our last show in terms of like attendance numbers. It's going to be a very, very good show. I mean, I am knocking on wood right now. I'm checking the forecast every five minutes for Saturday. So is, is this an outdoor oh, show? Well, I hope, well, I hope Ruffus and Bias Lamb's got front row VIP seats somewhere. There you go. There, there, there you go. Um, you know I mean? is, is this an outdoor show? Yes, but we actually do have a pavilion, which is, you know, okay, a, good. A, a, above 10 foot high ceilings. And it can – it's basically like a 30 by like 60. It's a very, very big, long okay. 
a pavilion. So, so, so it'll work. Rio, that is the case. As of now, that is the like tentative talent locker room. We're planning on still having it be out in the open, like, you know, in a little more of an open area, but worst case scenario, we do have a plan. All right. Yeah. Cause I was a little Larry. I wasn't sure if it was an outdoor show or not. Cause when uh, Jojo hit me uh, told me, Hey dad, you know, it's a, a outdoor show. I'm like, is it? I thought it was. A, what the? I'm like, okay. All right. So now I know uh, doors. Well, can I say doors? It's outside doors. <laughs> Open at um, <laughs> 2 p.m. Curtains. Yeah. Curtains. You say the gate opens. Gate opens. All right. All right. The curtain jerkers open up at 2 p.m. <laughs> Bill yeah. times at 3. Uh, I can't say anything about ringside tickets. They are sold out. Oh, wait a minute. General wait admission minute. is only $20. Do you have combo deals? No. So I was going to say, so we do have child admission tickets as well, which are $15 for anyone 12 and under. As soon as you know, bring your kids, get a little bit of a discount. Have some fun with the family. Um, but we are looking into doing more bundles in the future because we've realized we've had a lot of like fans come up just being like, you guys need to start offering some bundles. Can, you know, I, uh, can I throw this one out there? Uh, you got $20 general mission. Yes. Uh, why not you do six for 100 That's a lot of math. Hang on a minute. Well, you sell five. <laughs> that's 100 So. No, no, that, that, that's a very valid point. I mean, right now, sort of, you know, uh, to be to be honest, to, let, to you know, open the curtain a little bit. Um, after this show, there will be some changes made to Invictus. You know, um, you got you got you got you got Nick's secretary. Oh, damn, he said he said changes. I'm fired. No, 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 no future <laughs> endeavors around. Not a subject to change. <laughs> you got future <laughs> endeavored already on your own show. I Great. know. I for nice. real. I'm like, what the hell? Uh, oh. But. This is going to be probably a time where we're going to have to rethink seating structures because we are moving our ways outside of, um, you know, moving back indoors potentially in the near future. Uh, you know, soon to be revealed in our social medias. But, uh, yeah, no, we're going to have to start rethinking some seat packages and, you know, pricing and everything for just, you know, certain venues that we've been talking to and uh, certain capacities that we can reach now. Now, now do you have – a um, can they buy tickets online or is it only at the yes? At the so you can buy tickets online to brownpapertickets.com. If you search Empire Rising or Invictus Pro Wrestling, our event should pop up. Honestly, even if you just Google Invictus Empire Rising, that should be the first thing that pops up. But yes, tickets are online, but they will also be available in person. We will have wristbands on hand. I was gonna say, wouldn't the easiest way to, to get to it would be go to is it? InvictusProWrestling.com? Absolutely. If you, if, if you are on social media, that is definitely a way that you can go about it. Um, follow, you know, all of the links are on all of our social media platforms. They are uh, click away, and um, I'll be sure to uh, pop them down in the description. Now, sure. you, were, you were mentioned about um, one of the gentlemen earlier. Um, was it Cardigan or – Cardigan. Or Okay. Uh, now, some stuff went down at the last show yes. for this match to come about between him and Steven. You want to fill the people in with uh, what, what happened there? Yes, of course. So Steven Azor and uh, Steve Somerset are a team called the Even Stevens uh, out of Korea Pro. And basically, Steven Azor, unfortunately, had a shattered jaw from last year, which 
about a couple weeks out from our show, out of our not only just our show, our debut show, nonetheless. He had to pull out, and uh, we got Cardigan to come in, and thus the team of Sweater Weather was born between Phil Cardigan and Steve Somerset. And to, I think, everyone's surprise, they were a hit. And when I say a hit, I mean they were probably one of the most talked about people slash, you know, appearances from our first show. And I was hot watching them wearing those sweater vests. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a whole other – I don't know how they keep cool in there. They have to have some secret that they're not telling us. But, no, they were an absolute hit, and we were like, we kind of got something going here. You know, we should definitely bring them back in. And, you know, um, some disagreement amongst them uh, resulted in, unfortunately, uh, the psycho drivers taking them uh, caused them to have a loss at Bloom. Steven Azar did not like that too much. So, you know, I think he's trying to get his tag team partner back. So we got to see what happens there. You know, there's clearly some uh, personal uh, rivalry going on in there. There's definitely some uh, harsh feelings between the two. So we got to see, especially when you consider Steve Somerset, the guy that they're fighting over is the special guest referee. So you got to think it's. Oh, is he going to call it down the line? Yes. You know, I mean, who's, 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 who's side is he going to come with? You know, whose side is he going to be a part of? That's why I was uh, always a single competitor. You don't have to worry about this tag team nonsense. You don't have to worry about anyone getting jealous. That's why I like sticking to the singles competition. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Every man for himself. You have yeah. a whole host of uh, matches going. There's nine matches, what I'm counting from what yeah. I see. I noticed uh, Big Trouble Ben Bishop is out of is out of his match in his tag match with uh, MCM. Yeah. And, uh, and he's bringing uh, – a special, another big tag team gentleman to uh, team up with uh, MCM. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, you know, we had one seventh footer who unfortunately had uh, certain situations he could not be a part of. So we, he, as all seven footers do, they have a private group chat of all seven pe- people who are seven feet and above. <laughs> and he just basically wrote in it being like, hey, who else is available right now? And, you know, uh, Bruno El Oso Blanco happened to be free, happened to be medically cleared. Um, and, you know, we kind of made it happen. It's sort of the perfect pairing. You know, Bruno El Oso Blanco, Mucho Chris Mojo. We got some of that, you know, um, you know, Latin spiciness going on in, the, in, the, in those names. And, uh, yeah, they're going to be taking on the meat locker of Wrecking Ball Ligurski and Adam Payne. So a lot of big men in that match. A lot of, you know, animosity considering the fact that MCM, while it hasn't been proven or, or, or unproven, cost Wrecking Ball Ligurski their last match when he faced Ben at Imbloom. So, again, there's a lot of rivalries, a lot of continuity here. You know, that's a lot of what I what I personally love in wrestling, you know, seeing things come to fruition, sort of not just one-offs all the time. And we're going to see a lot of, you know, personal hatred kind of come to a boil this Saturday. Yeah, uh, I see you got uh, uh, a four-way tag match. Kings of Kings of the District taking on Milk Chocolate versus the Mob, mob Squad and against uh, Morgan and Savage. Yes, yes. So we have quite the debuting of tag teams for this match. Um, wasn't Wasn't you supposed to have the uh, Amazing Graysons in that match? Yes. Yeah, so you know, again, fortunate circumstances. You know, certain conflicts arose, and you know, we had to sort of. Uh, Call some audibles, as happens in wrestling, as we all know. Um, and we couldn't have ended up with a better replacement in milk chocolate. I mean, 
a great team, a very well-established team. And, you know, I'm very big on, again, personal preferences. I love tag teams that actually do tag team moves together, not just tag in and out, but like we'll do combination moves. And I like the attention to detail and stuff like that. So like, I, I agree with you totally. I am a huge tag team mark, honestly. Uh, besides heavyweights and cruiserweights, and that, I love, I don't care for tag teams that are just put together two guys. Hey, we're going to put you, I want guys who actually, uh, who gear match, they have, uh, they know what they're doing when they go, they have nice psychology, old school tradition type. Like, I'm, I, like, like I tell you, my team was always Brett and Anvil, the Hart Foundation, mm-hmm. hands down. That was my team always. Then, then going off like the Bulldogs, like everyone else said, and then Pat, you remember in the room, uh, one of the teams that were, uh, that Vince dropped the ball on back then was the team of Doug Furness and Phil mm-hmm. Lafon, aka Dan Crawford. They were killing it. They were just like the Bulldogs. I posted I posted a a match from Japan of them against the Bulldogs, and it was great. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying about tag teams. You know, they 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 they, they gotta have they they gotta gel just right. Mm-hmm. They gotta have that uh that that it factor about them. Oh, absolutely, and especially with a match like this for us, you know, especially we felt like. When we started off our promotion, as all promotions do, they have their baseline of like, all right, this is where we are. Where do we need to fill in certain gaps? Like what's missing from our, you know, what to like have a deeper roster to have full divisions in all categories. We had we had to see where we were kind of falling short. Uh, we just had a women's tournament, which thankfully came to fruition and crowned our first champion. And now tag teams is our sort of our next focus. You know, we wanted to have a match to showcase four new teams in one match. And for us, this is our chance to like really bring four fresh teams in to continue to evolve the division, continue to, you know, and and it doesn't, it doesn't just benefit the fans themselves. It benefits you because you get to see them firsthand on your show Four teams that you guys can actually look at all at the same time and see how they gel. Instead of two teams that work this show, two teams that work that mm-hmm. show, instead of doing them all seven, you're getting them all one big shot at the same time, and and it, it makes a little the job a little bit easier for you to look at them. Oh, absolutely. And also, you know, we we, we have like we're kind of kids in a candy store. We're like, oh, I want this one. Oh, I want this one. It's like, <laughs> you know, like obviously these are obviously these are like talent. These are people like we are also fans at the end of the day. And we mm-hmm. see certain teams that like we personally love to watch. And we're like, I don't want to wait three months to like, you know, book this person. I want to like, you know, have this person on our next show. So uh, it's definitely for us. Sometimes we're like, yeah, let's just this is making a four-way tag. Why not? Let's just throw in some teams. And it was actually be, ended up being the best turnout because we were so happy with every team that we had. And we're very excited for that match. Like, if you want another tag team, um, the two young guys, uh, one is uh, Suicide Myers and his tag team partner, if I don't butcher his name, because if I do, then, you know, I'm going to end up having to walk a plank, is Sabal Del Mar. Ooh. Now... Um, Chia, what's the name of the tag team, dude? Is it the Dead Sea? 
I'm not sure, honestly. Um, I'm going to make a quick note of that, though, just so I can. Yeah, so Suicide Myers has been around a little while, longer than Sabal Lamar. Um, they became a tag team up here in the East, up in the Pennsylvania area. Um, if you're not doing anything July 24th, come out to Hamburg. I will introduce you to them because um, they'll be, I'm pretty sure one of the two will be at the show. Um, cool. But that is a tag team. If you're looking for fresh guys that actually wrestle rest, tag team wrestling mm-hmm. and do tag team moves, that is a tag team without a doubt okay. should be on a radar. That done, done, and done, my friend. That is like I like. I, I love tag team wrestling. Like one hundred percent love tag team wrestling. Like I love being a singles wrestler, but I'm about to get into the tag team world because it's more fun for me. Because it's, it's easier more, on the body. No, it's not. It's not that it's that. It's more complicated now. Now I have to work even harder to make my brain work to produce a better match. And mm-hmm. hey, it's gonna be me versus Frankie Frizzo. We have 20 minutes to do whatever the hell we want. No, we have 20 minutes. We have four guys. Yeah. You know, now it's even harder. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so, but no, there's that tag team. Um, uh, the gentleman named Tyler Ash, and I forget his tag team partner. He does, um, he has like hearts on his damn gear or something. I, dude, I'm, I'm, but I don't, I can't remember his name though. Okay. But, Definitely reach out to Tyler Ash yeah, and cool. his like. These are guys that I've just seen from up here that aren't really getting Absolutely, yes. the exposure that I believe they should get because they are good. This, um, this so, is the stuff about the business. You know what I mean? Like you get to meet other people in different avenues, and like they're all again, like looking out for other people. You know, like yep. we're not sitting here. Yeah. Being, how can we? make money it's like hey like this person i know is super talented and deserves more exposure like how can i help them like that's such an awesome thing that needs to be done more for everyone in the business speaking of exposure nick what if uh if the fans can't make it like oh man like like uh, for instance a fan you know it's good stuff that you know might have to stay home watching their kids or if they get sick how can they watch the show on social media like what platform can they go to so this will be our IWTV debut this show. So we are very excited to be finally up on the platform. So no live stream, just with the location. Can't run that hard. Ethernet cable. But we will be having our show up on IWTV within a couple of days. You know, we're doing live commentary right then and there. Uh, we have an incredible production team who have you know, really solid turnaround time. So we have, you know, unfortunately that we won't have a live stream, but we plan on being able to give some of these matches to the fans as soon as possible, because like some of them have built up a lot of momentum and we want to make sure we give the fans what they want as soon as possible. I, I seen you were advertised on IWTV. I went on there. I tried to watch it, but I guess nothing was uploaded. Is, is in the bloom going to be on there? Yes, it will be eventually. After we get Empire Rising up on there, we're going to start slowly looking through our old library and slowly start um, trickling that over as well. But we first really wanted to start out with a bang. We didn't want to, you know, we didn't want to go on tour and play our greatest hits. We wanted to go on tour and play a new album, you know. All right. Well, let me breathe through the rest of this lineup. What I see, if there's any changes... Let, yes. let us all know. You're fired um, if there's changes and you didn't know. Yeah. Last time last time we uh, chatted, uh, we also have uh, Mike Verna versus Gio Gal- Galvano. 
Yes. Uh, women's title match. Vicious Vicky versus Riley Shepard mm-hmm. uh, for the social media championship. Big Game Leroy will take on Big Calix. Uh, we also have Yoya. I hope I pronounced yeah. that right. Versus Ray Jazz. Good kid. I worked with him several times before. Oh, Yoya is also someone I would highly suggest everyone to keep their eyes on. That guy been on GCW a lot lately. He's been killing it around, you know, the whole Northeast area lately. He's really just so good. I mean, he's he's coming out of, you know, DC, the DC area, but he's insanely good. But sorry. Continue. Not, not, yeah, quite, quite, quite all right. Um, yeah, it was uh, Street Fight. Uh, yes. Kennedy Copeland taking on Molly McCoy. Mm. And the only one that I didn't mention yet on this list that I have I guess, I'm guessing this is your main event. AJ Gray taking on Jacob Fatu. Yes. Yes, that match I, is going to be absolutely ridiculous. We we semi-broke the internet when that match dropped because people were just like, what in God's name is going on? Yeah, um, I, I worked with Jacob before. He's a really uh, very polite guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I actually work a lot with the family and stuff, so it comes no surprise uh, from him. Oh, no. He was – I mean, I've met him several times now. Absolute – I mean, as you said, you know, like, you know, like, we like to not assume everyone's like their characters and everyone's a good guy. Yeah. And they, but, like, you know, any casual person, if they're approaching someone who's, you know, that size and, you know, like, someone with that intensity in the ring, you're like, okay, let me just mind my P's and Q's. Let me make sure it's all cool. But, like, he was so down to earth and just, like, humble as can be. It's super friendly. Like, really can't say – like, he literally made me feel as comfortable as can be within, like, two minutes of talking to him. Um, yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, Jacob Fatu is the son of the Tonga kid, uh, TK. Um, current MLW world champion. Yes. And uh, he actually teams up with his two cousins as the Samoan Strike Force. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sifa Fatu, who is the son of Rikishi, brother of the Usos, as well as Lance Anawaii, who is the son of the great Samu. And, and like I said, that the whole family is great. Me, me Actually, you know what? Uh, while, while I was at work today, me and Samu was uh, chatting while while I'm at work, and and he does that quite often. Like me, me, he'll just bullshit, and we'll just uh, we'll we'll talk business too. But you know, but we have a good relationship. Last show I seen him face to face. I was telling him, I said, look, uh, you know, ever since I met you, this and that, you and the family, this uh, like the way you're so welcoming. It's like, and I told him, you're like a uh, a big brother to me. I said, I said, I, ne- I never had a big brother, and. And the and the way you are, the way you talk to me, the way you know, you know, uh, you give me advice. I uh, when there's stuff that uh, uh, for the show, I might give my two cents of what might work in case he runs into a problem. And, and you know, and, and like it feels great. And like I, I can't say enough about the family. I think we lost Dennis. I don't know. I think he went. Somewhere. He had to. He had to go away for a quick second. Okay, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna send him to the green room. So he's gonna sit in the green room. It'd be us three yeah. here, gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, that sh- like I said, that that show is is coming up um uh, on the twenty fourth. 
in Little Ferry, New Jersey at American Legion Post 310. Um, Nick, is there anything else that we don't know that we should know that you want to give to the world? Okay. Well, this is what I can say as of now. Oh, he's shooting. Um, There is a rising star showcase, a very, you know, more of just, again, going back to wanting to give, you know, people who are up and coming more exposure, um, you know, very, very small, limited capacity kind of show. But again, just a chance for people to get their reps in there and continue to practice their art. So Invictus Rising Star Showcase Friday, July 23rd at 5 p.m., I believe. I should know that probably off the top of my head. Alex, please do not fire me. (laughs) And it'll be a great time. Austin, New York. A couple matches already announced. You know, we're still sort of working through some of the other plans in the books, but it should be a great time. Outside of that, I will say that, you know, closing in on a year, only right to do an anniversary show of sorts. Uh, Mm. Uh, can't say necessarily when or where yet, but just know that an announcement is coming very, very, very soon. But I will say this in terms of like overall what to look out for for Invictus. We are absolutely not going anywhere. We have stuff lined up quite literally every month from the rest of the year, basically, with whether baby it's steps. promotion baby. or with other promotions. It's all about baby steps, baby. Take it one step at a time. Don't rush yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, we really wanted to hit the ground running this year, and we have a big list of goals. We have a big list of things we want to accomplish, and we're on the right track to getting there. And uh, we ain't slowing down anytime soon, so definitely be on the lookout for our social medias. All right. Uh, all right. You know what? I want to – Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, It's not often we have uh, guests that are actually planned. Uh, The other times that I had guests planned, it was like it fell fell out, and we had to get people on on the fly. So it was like, all right, so you're technically our first official guest that actually made the commitment and came on. Well, I'm very, I'm very honored to be the very <laughs> first you know, guest of that, of, of that sort of, you know, sense. I'm happy that it all worked out and I got to, you know, get to shoot the shit with you guys about all things wrestling and also, um, you know, tell you guys a little more about Invictus and how I got involved because it has truly been a blessing, I must say. Um, has it been hard work? Has there been sleepless nights? And have I maybe aged a couple years in like six months because of all the stress at certain points? 100%. But it is something where it's like it's honestly like a drug that I never knew existed. The feeling of like being involved on this side of it or like seeing something come to fruition that you had in your brain and just seeing it like now be a real thing. It's it's really awesome and something that I am honored to be a part of, to say the least. Sweet. Now that I have my book out in front of me as well, if you and Alex would like to come on Again, I have an opening July 1st. That would be right after this show that Mm. you are having. And we can do a review of the show. What's that? No, we can do a review of the show. And maybe possibility we can get maybe one or two talent to come on with if they have any beef they want to talk about from their own homes accord so that way there's no fighting in studio or anything like that they can yell across the screen or whatever 
<laughs> oh no! I, yeah, I was about to say no. I, I I would absolutely love that. That sounds like an awesome. Well, time. That's the action I'm looking for. As a fight between the screen. You know what I mean, almost some Jerry Springer action. Uh, so so when when uh when we get off screen or I'll talk to you this coming Saturday at the show, we can discuss if you guys yeah, want to come on absolutely. that Thursday or a different Thursday, whatever. You know, we'll touch base and see what we can work out. It's nice to know we don't have go away heat just yet on the on the podcast. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nick, I want to thank you again for coming you, on. Mike. Really, thank you. Um, like I said, I'll talk to you this this Saturday. Uh, meanwhile, uh, if, if you want to stick around, you can. We're probably going to talk about other uh, stupid wrestling stuff because we've been talking about uh, stupid stuff in our chat room a lot lately. <laughs> uh, they're, they keep going on about what's the best belt, who was uh, <laughs> woman wrestler, all time this, that, 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 that. You know, they're jumping around back and forth on different subjects, especially old school. Oh, do, you have, do you have a favorite title? Favorite title, current title, or just like any title? I any title in history, any title. One of the best all time titles. Oh man, sorry, I hate to keep it just by just the design of it. You mean right? Overall, yeah. Yeah. Don't don't want to interrupt the uh, time here, but my man Charles Platt says he's ready to hop on. Oh oh, yeah, he said he sent him the link. He said he's ready Um, to hop on. In terms of just design, the classic TNA title, the classic TNA world title, yes. the older one with like, yeah, like the one that Moose, like what's what's holding? Yeah. I love that one. Um, no lie, I seen a, a hybrid one recently that caught my eye. It was a mixture of the Intercontinental Championship, the old school one, and the World Tag Team Championship of the old school with the. Uh, like uh, like I say, like the Hard Foundation style and yeah. and the old school Intercontinental. It was a hybrid one I seen recently online, it, and it really caught my eye. It was great. Well, that's the fun part also about like being on this side is like I love trying to design belts. Um, you know, just to try and see like how like because I have some people who I work with who make the belts for our company. Oh, so, sweet, that's great. Yeah. So so they're kind of like you know always like what do you want to do differently? So we'll look at sort of like we'll play around with different design concepts and like, you know, it's, it's fun to see like what we want to do. I have a couple ideas for some titles for the future. A couple more titles might be introduced down the line. You never know. So, uh, you come across as a guy like me where you have nothing but books and books and books laying around with nothing but ideas. And that's not out there for the world to see yet. Dude, I have like pages and pages and pages. I have my MacBook filled. I have my iPad filled. I have my cell phone and the notebook filled. I swear, like, and my girlfriend thinks it's hilarious because she's a she does she went to school for graphic design and has a degree in it. And one of her best friends came up my came up with Defcon's new logo, and I'm now hitting them up for designing my new gear. First off, <laughs> and they help me design titles for Defcon, and I have the idea what I want. The thing is, I want to make them myself, so Ooh. I'm I'm gonna buy this stuff to melt metal for the love of God, and I and I have a friend that has a 3D printer, so we're gonna do the 3D printed version, put it in the sand, and we're gonna cast it to see how it turns out. Because no offense, I'm not gonna go. I I don't mind spending you know the money where the money has to be spent on product to be phenomenally good, but if I can do it just as good and less money, I'm gonna do it. There you go. 
And plus, that just sounds like a fun project. I'm not going to lie. That just sounds it like a really, fun project. Look, I like making things out of nothing. I build closets. Like, mm-hmm. And I'll say, I say it all the time on this. I build closets for a living. It's the dumbest job ever, but I get paid good money to build really high-end closets for rich people that have buku dumb money. Like, literally, buku dumb money. Like, where do you get $20,000 to build a closet? I don't know. Um, what's the uh... uh Nick? Another question that I, I'm I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna keep drilling you with questions probably. Um, a lot of times we give out our Mount Rushmore of, <laughs> of either managers or factions, but we also mm-hmm. did tag teams. You said that you are a big tag team fan. You love tag teams, so. Who is what tag teams throughout history that you love are on your four top as your Mount Rushmore tag teams? Okay, so Team 3D or Dudley Boys, I should say. Uh, Matt and Jeff Hardy. Um, I see. Normally, I would say I do. I love me a good big man team. Like a team of like you know two Haas guys, but a lot of times they're singles guys who are put together. So like a part of me, yeah. is, I don't know if I want them in my, you know, Mount Rushmore. Can I Go throw one out there for you? Yes. For around, I'm thinking your era when you're saying like the Hardy Boys and stuff and Team 3D, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna say for a big guy team, you might want to look towards maybe the Acolytes, Farouk and Bradshaw. That. Yes. Or yeah, APA, no. whichever you want to call them. See, I was originally going to, I'm not going to lie, I was originally going to put, like, Brothers of Destruction or uh, Big Show and Kane in there. And, like, it, it, I was feeling it, but I was like, eh, it doesn't feel just right. But, no, APA was definitely up there. Um, you know, uh, Rock and Roll Express. Um, all, like, the, you know, classic or more classic. But also, like, Paul and Brian Kendrick, you know. And yeah, we talking about, I actually talking, did. Talking, I liked them a lot. When you talk about two guys who just came to the ring and you could tell that they were a team, they dressed the same, they acted the same, they just had that flow to them that I loved. Well, a lot. Well, a lot of people don't know that both of them, along with Brian Danielson or or, or uh, Daniel Bryan, whichever the world wants to call him, they all trained at the Shawn Michaels School down in Texas. Oh. Yeah. Cool. So they they I think they were all actually from the same class. Wow. So but there is one cat up this way that lives nearby that actually when he pretty much started he, he, he trained a couple of different ways, but one of his main trainers was Brian Kendrick. And you might cool. want to take a look at this guy. Uh his name is Dane Smith. Dane Smith, right in this down. Yeah, Dane you guys are- D A M E. Yeah. Um, Good dude. No, very okay. solid. Okay. Now, I got one more to ask you. Yes. One more Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. Your Mount Rushmore of managers. And if you say Vicky Guerrero, Ooh. we're going to reach through that screen and strangle you. Because um, okay. we had this. Deb- <laughs> we, we already went to Wrestler's Court. The three of us. I got. I got. And, I lost. and he was found guilty because he was trying to. Uh, he, he claims he was kidding with us. I but he named Vicky Guerrero. And they took it too Nick, serious. Like Nick, I lost Nick. the rib. 
Yeah, but, Nick, oh, well. I thought I, Nick, look, my brother was on the show. I thought he was the biggest idiot. <laughs> nah, someone, someone took that mantle. Someone took the ribbon. Oh, no, okay. oh man. Uh, I mean, my, okay, so the first person that comes to mind, controversial, absolutely, but Jim Cornette. Personal opinion, um, you know, he obviously, you know. He's an ignorant I, asshole. Yes. Um, but I'm saying solely as a manager, he got an incredible amount of heat, yep. especially during his time period. Um, got to put him on that list. Paul Heyman. Um, need I say more? Yeah, um, no, exactly. Um, and then you sort of go into the area where – how do I put this? You – can maybe I mean I personally really love Zelina Vega. I don't know if she's an all an all timer for me, but she's definitely in my opinion like up there in terms of modern managers. But managers is a little bit of an older. I would I would put her above Vicky Guerrero for sure for sure. Again, <laughs> no. I'm just thinking about like in, in my home like there's not too many like really solid managers outside of Paul right now. You know what I mean? It don't have to be no. now. It could oh, be no, like that. That's why my oh yeah thinking. I mean. That's- I There's mean, a man that you didn't even say that I want to reach through and choke you right now for not saying. I know where you're going. I know Bobby where you're going. the Brain Heenan. Bobby the Brain yeah. Heenan. Um, because on everyone's Mount Rushmore when we did this, the top two that everyone said was Heyman and Heenan. Uh, Heenan. And Heenan was always number one. Wait, but not to shift gears here. You guys talk about tag teams. How the hell isn't the Nasty Boys on anybody's list right now? The nasty boys, you know, they, they they are from like they're like they're like from you know northeast Philly, just straight out out of the they're back from Allentown. Also, uh, right. hey, hang on, I I gotta give credit Los Guerreros. I didn't even mention Eddie and Chavo in that list of like yes. uh, you see Charles Man. Charles. <laughs> yeah, there yeah, yes, yeah, yes, he's right on it. He's I'm telling you, he's got his curb already, man. He's uh he's fired up. So yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, there's it's it's so funny. Whenever you talk about Mount, Mount like Mount Rushmore, it's almost like, oh, and then there's this person. Oh shit, and then there's this person. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, for example, this is technically not. I don't know. This is more of an enforcer than a manager. But like, China comes to mind as a great advocate, like DX in terms of, like you know how she was a representative for them for a while. Was she technically yeah. a manager? I don't know. She was more of like the cooler, you know? Yeah. I see what you're saying there. Um, but in my opinion, like, as just sort you gotta of like, – got to watch more old school stuff, brother. No, old man, school no. stuff. You got to do, do my history. Start back from the early – before WrestleMania, what, what, what was the two they had? They had, what, the, the wrestling classic, I think, and the big event that WWE had, I believe, back then, before Mania started. It was like mm-hmm. one or two pay-per-views they had that wasn't technically a pay-per-view. But they were like big events, you know. Hmm. But yeah, just just start old school and watch from like the beginning of WrestleMania and on. No, for sure, absolutely. Um, I do wish in general though there were just more. I mean, in the Indies, for example, Big Dust at our last show, he was Killian McMurphy's manager. He's someone who I'm like, yes, this is a great modern manager. You know, he's he's just so irritating, but in like yeah. such a funny way. In like such an entertaining way that when he was in his match, even I, I just kept drawing my attention to the manager, which I guess is a good and a bad thing to some degree. But 
you know. You're you're starting to get me uh get that itch where I want to dust off the suit and put put my suit back on. Because after I after I finished wrestling, I actually started managing for for some time for a while and and I loved it. I had uh with the gift of gab, uh especially I, I was pulling all the old school tactics out as far of like uh JJ Dillon, Bobby Heenan, whatever other dastardly manager type stuff that you can think of old school wise, I was doing it. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. And, 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 and that's where I get a lot of my motivation and ideas from. So then, but then you put a little twist on it. So it's not exactly the same thing what they're doing. No, absolutely. And you know, there's always a way to pay like homage to like these guys who paved the way in terms of like, you know, how to do the manager role, but everyone's got to find a way to make it their own. You know, like Paul's the advocate. Jim was sort of like, you know, the very like, you know, cowardly, dastardly heel manager with the tennis racket, you know, like there's sort of nuances and, and, that you can do. And, and 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 you know what's funny? There's a lot of old school managers that actually did the managerial role outside the ring as well. They're the ones who booked the uh rental cars, they drove, they did A, B, C, D, all the way from A to Z. What well, to take care of their clients of who they were put together with guys like um, JJ, mm-hmm. um, uh, Paul Ellering of the Road Warriors. He was another one. Yep. There, there, there was tons of them that actually did that because they figured my talents. They're going out there. They're busting their ass. They're doing the work. The least I can do is have everything set up, have the car ready, and me drive. Mm-hmm. No, because I definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it is. It is kind of interesting. I like that's sort of like also when like you can kind of say the lines were kind of blurred between, you know, a work and a shoot and like, you know, certain things taking on a life of their own. Like these guys having, to, you know, like the heels and the faces changing in different locker rooms, stuff like that, just, you know, naturally um, taking on a life of their own where it's like an unspoken, not rule, but like action that takes place. It's, interesting and 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 the thing is a lot of people say you know kayfabe's dead it's only dead if you let it be dead yes you know and and that's my biggest argument with a lot of the young guys and stuff oh you know you need to move on get out from the 80s whatever this that i'm like no we have well then if that's the case then don't get mad when fans go and say Hey, even though you take these bumps, it's risky and this and that. It's fake. They're gonna tell you. Mm-hmm. Don't get mad when they tell you that. You know, uh, because that's the way they want to go. You know, they. You know, it, it's right. uh, everyone's stuck on the entertainment thing because uh, they figure, oh, uh, WWE is gonna be the place where everyone wants to go. But as time goes on, not everything lasts forever. No, for sure. We don't know how much longer it's gonna go. Maybe no. maybe when Vince is dead and they and maybe they sell the, or he might sell the company before he dies or whatever. I don't we like we I think he's selling the company. Like next week. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not next week. I just got this feeling, dude, he's been making some random in a buyer seller world. Like I like again, I'm a I like business. I'm a leg- I you know, there's a lot of things that I do behind the scenes that no one knows about. But the moves he's been making lately is more of a, like, you're cutting down a lot of that money 
either A, to sell your product, sell your company to NBC, or B, you can't afford to go on the road because you lost so much money during COVID that you have to fire people to do shows. Because mm. everybody keeps talking that WWE is a, is a billionaire company. They're, yeah, they're good. They're there. But they're, you know, and I'm not trying to compare two promotions not, against each other. The thing is, if they're, they're not, not making that money, if they're not no, making they're not that money, Khan's family, period. Yeah, but at the same time, if they're not making that money to support their needs of what they got to put out, the product, the merch, the, the whatever, uh, you know, it's not there, then you have to trim the fat, like well, in, in, in any job. Well, no, no, no. I under, no, no. I'm I'm totally on. I understand why you cut when you when you make cuts and stuff. Like I get it, but the moves he's been making, we all know. Like as soon as. SmackDown went to where they went and Raw's where they are. It's because the networks bought them. Yeah. What it is. The networks bought them. And I'm going to say it until the day I die. Vince has no effing say anymore on what's on the television. It's the network. What the network wants is what the network gets. Period. You know, the networks were pissed off that, hey, this cut this product didn't have a, ca- a still cage match or, uh, you know, or a Hell in a Cell match. So what does SmackDown get? A hell to sell match on SmackDown. Like they, they that's really what it comes well, down to. The networks nice. now runs WWE. That's all. It's yeah, but I mean, uh, and too, like he's now rushed to get out the door so fast because now obviously they're going to go to Vegas and it, I know where, where they can't get their uh, restrictions at, and they're going to try and fill, fill the houses because they need the money. So, but look, that's why he got himself into having his own films. That's did why you hear about um, with the whole? Uh, the Hell in the Cell being on SmackDown, uh, how USA was pissed about uh, Fox mm. having just, a Hell in the Cell, and they didn't. So that's why they had two. Oh. <laughs> but, but uh, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, again, that's why Vince has got a Hollywood production. That's why he's, he's selling the uh, XFL to The Rock. I mean, he's trying. Oh, to it's already it. been bought. They they they, right. they 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 they've been bought, and now right now they're just rebranding it. They're 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 trying to shuffle the cards around to see what's going to work and what's not going to work. I really want them to have a fucking like Philadelphia second. team. Yes, I, I think totally that's agree. in the making. I'm not saying how I know that information, but I'm just saying that's in the making. Guys, I am Jeez. sorry though. I do got to log off. That right, I was about to get to that too as well. It is late. We're o- yeah, we're actually yeah, almost yeah. two hours in. Wow. Uh, we're at, we're at one fifty. Uh, so yeah. Uh, once again, Nick, thank you for coming on. Thank you, guys. Uh, Pro no Wrestling. Once again, will be June twenty fourth this Saturday in Little Fairy, New Jersey, at American Legion Post three ten. Get your tickets. Go on to, I believe, uh, InvictusProWrestling.com. Yes, you can get them there. And, and all their links, social media, and everything's there. And I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure CJ already got his tickets now. I'm pretty sure I pretty, yeah. We hope to see everyone there. Yeah. So, Nick, you Blue. said you got to log off. Uh, we all have early mornings tomorrow anyway. Uh, and before we close this out, tune in tomorrow night at 9 o'clock. For t- Tornado Tag Podcast with my man Anthony and Andy Header, as they're going to be on there. I believe their discussion 
is the sensational Sherry they're going to be talking about at 9 p.m. tomorrow night. That is Tornado Tag Podcast. So uh, we're going to close this out one more time with uh, welcome to uh, Invictus video. And we'll see all you people at the matches. Thank you, guys. Thanks for coming on. Nice to meet you, Nick. Nice to meet you as well.